Hello and welcome to Cultivating Conversation podcast. I'm Steve from Chasing Global and today we're joined by Craig Ratajcek, CEO of Crop One Holdings. I've been lucky, Craig, to have in my, my short podcasting career a number of really interesting profiles. Um, I've had highly talented sales leader, an ex-Microsoft technology leader turned CEO, um, a medical doctor turned CHRO, and, and now someone like yourself with your uh, Navy intelligence background turned CEO. So you've had a really fanta- fascinating career. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Yeah, sure. I find my own background fairly boring, to be honest with you. But uh, again, I want to say thank you to Steve and Chaseman Global for this opportunity, because I see nothing but uh, opportunities in the marketplace for using services like like Steve's and Chaseman's in this in this uh, in my efforts. But yeah, my background, I grew up on a small farm in southern Illinois. My father was also a coal miner. So I come from a very humble beginnings. But we had a strong, a strong family, strong faith. Uh, strong beliefs, uh, very dedicated, hardworking people, right? I mean, that's my background. Very, very, not very luxurious, very simple, but uh, we were all together and saw the world as a an opportunity. And so when did the, the, the passion for the military come in and, and why did you join the Navy? No, it's interesting as well. My father was in the Army for a short stint, maybe four years. <clears throat> my uncle was as well for a little bit. My uh, Both my uncles actually were. So I just saw it as an opportunity to see the world. This was in the early to mid 80s. The agriculture industry was going through some hard times. The coal mining industry was going through some hard times. And yeah, I could have went to college like everybody else, but really didn't have that focus on what I wanted to do. I graduated with uh, great, great scores and an education background, but seeing the world and seeing what's out in the rest of the planet was really a driver for me. And then that way I would be able to form in my mind what I really wanted to do. And the fact that it was a Navy was just my brother went into the Air Force. Uh, my, like I said, my, my family members were in the Army. The Marine Corps was an option, but that was a little bit uh, too much of a commitment for me. And I figured, all right, let's join the Navy. It sounded pretty exciting. Sell the seven seas and see the rest of the world. And I know, I know we've kind of discussed this at, at, at length before, but do you think that your your kind of background from your, your humble beginnings and your time on the farm helped you uh, when you joined the Navy? Oh, it certainly, it certainly did. I mean, it was uh, eye-opening to see what the rest of the uh, world had to offer in the Navy. But at the same time, the discipline, waking up early in the morning, the hard work, the labor, the mental abuse in some cases – how that goes, the Navy was a piece of cake. Actually, it was like a vacation for me. <laughs> so you've obviously worked on, on some fascinating projects as part of your naval career. Do you have any anecdotes that you can share with us? Any interesting stories that the, the listeners might uh, might enjoy? Uh, there's a ton of them. And I know that everything is not what you would call hush-hush in the Navy intelligence community. But uh I would say nothing specific that I really want to go into details on, but I enjoy the military because you get to do so many different things, particularly in the Navy intelligence side of things, between human intelligence, looking at uh, military capability studies, looking at the geopolitical situations of foreign countries, working with other commands around the world, whether they're Army or Air Force or, or joint forces with other countries, the exposure, the 
the excitement and the collaboration was just a phenomenal eye-opening experience to see how this world works. So nothing specifically, but yeah, we did counter-drug operations, uh, worked with special warfare groups, worked in space warfare programs, uh, worked on um, programs looking at the opposition, looking at um, issues going on in the Middle East. So it's just a, a wide variety of things that really contribute to an individual's mindset and how, again, like I said before, like how the world really works and where are the opportunities on this planet? I mean, that's the big thing as well. I think you've, you've lived in a kind of multitude of locations as well, haven't you? So you've, you've experienced many different cultures. Where would you say was the, the biggest change culturally for you? Yeah, that would be the first assignment overseas was in South Korea back in the 80s. Wonderful country, wonderful opportunity. But again, you're taking a, a, a young, small farm, coal mining kid and putting him in another culture. So it's just fascinating to see everybody focused really on the same thing. Everybody had the same, a very similar work ethic, still had their individual face, their families. But it's just interesting to see the new, the new foods, the histories, the dynamics. And that really, when you're young, that really sets the tone for the rest of your life. And that's what uh, really opened my eyes up to the opportunities around the world. When that, again, I was, in my, I was 18 years old and a phenomenal opportunity for any young person to go out um, away from the family, halfway across the planet to see something new. And they do say travel broadens the mind after all. So <laughs> I think that's something that, that everyone can take away, whether it's uh, as part of the military or, or otherwise. I think learning and meeting people from different cultures and, and kind of learning about them and, and getting an understanding for for them it can only be beneficial. Correct. So, so the, the Navy agriculture transition obviously fits nicely with, with your background, but why did you decide to move back into agriculture when you when you left the Navy? Yeah, it was interesting. So after Thunderbird, I got my MBA, you're in a recruiting process, right? Looking for the next career in this. And so you talk to a lot of people, they ask you about your background as well. And this was, again, early in the 90s. And people were saying, well, why not go back to agriculture? Because it's one of these areas that many people aren't going into. So it would be a way of uh, differentiating yourself and getting back to your roots. So I thought, well, why not? Makes sounds like a great idea. So there's some companies out there that had other opportunities that were looking in biotechnology in Eastern Europe and these kind of things. But uh, in looking at my career, national security is always important, but also is food security. And this is kind of aligns with my passion of trying to make this planet a better place for for everybody. And with all the with all the turmoil that's going turmoil that's going on now, and it's going to continue into the future, you still need food. So it may not be the sexy or tech industry, but people don't seem to understand there's so much technology, so many advances, so many opportunities in agriculture and food that is it's just amazing. And how did you find the transition sort of coming back into uh, the business world, if you will? Yeah, different, of course. Yeah, it wasn't so much command control. It wasn't so much uh, the strict hierarchy of uh, reporting, but... I really didn't find that much difficult. It was actually easier than a military life lifestyle, right? Yeah, there's everybody has demands on your time and on your career and opportunities, but it's much more much more freedom. Uh, but also on the opposite side, it's a much more independent. In the military, you always got teams to rely on. You got people to help you out. You got a lot of mentoring 
And of course, DOD in this country and other countries have fairly deep pockets. So you got a lot of access to a lot of things, like I said, training and travel and mentoring and these things on the civilian side. Uh, those are hard to come by. Yeah, and it's, it, I think one of the, the the good things though is you've been able to take lessons from that experience and your military experience that that you can apply now. What would you say are your most applicable lessons to your role at Crop One now? Yeah, that's for one thing. Three 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 C's, right? I call it a communication, collaboration, and coordination. And a communication, as you know, and everybody else knows, wars have started. Other bad things have started because of poor communication. Now, with great communication, great things happen as well. And that is so critical to make things happen. At the same time, collaboration. The team has to be working together. Uh, just like the acronym says, right, together, everyone achieves more. It's a fact. Nobody, there's no cowboys out there that should be assuming they can do it all by themselves. Rely on your team to get things done. And the coordination as well. Again, you can't, the teams have to be coordinating with other teams, coordinating with the organization, looking at the strategies of the organization and make sure everything is in alignment. So again, communication, coordination, collaboration that I've learned through my career can really make or break an organization. Fantastic. And I'm guessing that you will have spent a lot of time around strong leadership and obviously become a, a strong leader yourself. So what advice would you give to people looking to um, become leaders or maybe our leaders now that are looking to tweak their style? Yeah, the big thing is empathy, right? Understanding that everybody is different. Everybody is unique, but you really have to, as you want to go through your career from junior level positions to senior, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's metrics out there. When you're junior, you really want to look, focus on your technical skills, right? Your managerial skills, focus on those those things that will establish a solid base for yourself, whether it's accounting, finance, chemistry. But as you move through your career, you have to be a better leader. You have to listen to your team, listen to outside resources, because again, if anybody tells you they're the expert, I, they're, they're great people, probably the experts that are self-proclaimed, but I am by no means an expert. And as I've gone through my career and I get older and I learn more, I understand I do know less. And that's when, that comes into play is pulling other people on your team and making that and making everything go forward. And that's, that's, that's so, so critical. I mean, there's no one key attribute of a great leader because you have the command and control perspective that people associate with the military. Yeah, that's great and fine and dandy when bullets are flying and people's lives are at stake. Most of the time in the civilian side of things, that is not the case. Uh, maybe unless you're in the police force or something like that, then you need a little bit more of that CC environment. But other than that, to make an organization better, uh, don't feel like you have to take responsibility all on your own shoulders. You have some very intelligent team, team members, board members, others out in the industry, friends, mentors, colleagues. Don't be afraid and don't be so arrogant that you can't reach out to them. So it's almost good people surround themselves with good people. Exactly. And I tell you what, this past year, when looking at this next career transition, which it was, everybody i've not encountered anybody that wasn't willing to help in some aspect or another and that's i think that's been one of the beauties of the, of the pandemic in general really is that um the the world has become more of a, a united community for the most part and i think that people like helping other people and so i think if you can surround yourself with good people as a leader then that 
kind of can cover and, and kind of only elevate you, can't it? So Exactly. A little bit of humility goes a long way, right? Uh, that's what people want to see. They don't want to see arrogance or narcissism. They want to see somebody that can listen, that people feel comfortable around, that people want to communicate with, because everybody has something to contribute to a, to a conversation. Absolutely. And so let's jump on to, to crop one then, because we've not really spoke about this new role yet. So what can you what can you tell us about crop one? Phenomenal company. This is why I did this career, career transition, right? This is, my, this is career 3.0 with the military, with the row crop side of things and another global side. But the vertical farming side of the equation, I just see this as the, the pinnacle of my career, frankly, because it does so much that these other industries are trying to do. It's got the got the intelligence side to it and where it could fit globally. It's got the agriculture and food side of it, which is phenomenal. It's just trying to make the, the most perfect food product possible, not using not using chemicals and pesticides and fungicides and these kind of things. It's a it's a it's a just a phenomenal product. I can't uh, get excited when I think about it because I don't see any downsides to this industry, and I just see this as the way of the future. And I'm excited to, to introduce it to my kids actually because they're young, they're looking for their next careers, and that encompasses engineering, computer science, food and ag design, uh, architecture, that encompasses everything. And the, the output product is about the best food product you're going to find in a marketplace. And that's what Crop One has to offer. I mean, there's a lot of other vertical farming industries and CA industries. They also offer those unique advantages. I'm just attracted to Crop One because of the work they're doing globally. It's just for me, the global mindset and these type of groups is just uh, very attractive for me. And how have you found settling in? Oh, it's a... Uh, it's a full steam ahead, right? But the team at the organization and the board of the organization and the investors just see this as nothing but a groundbreaking, a groundbreaking enterprise. But yeah, 15 hour days, yeah, 80 hours a week. That's pretty common right now. I've only been there maybe a month, a little bit less than a month, but it's enjoyable, right? I can sleep because I see, again, it's about the team. Everybody in your organization wants to move this company forward. So there aren't major bottlenecks that are not insurmountable for, for our organization. And everybody's behind it. Fantastic. And of course, you, you chose to kind of do all this and the, the relocation to, to Boston and all these different aspects during a, a pandemic. So how, how's that affected things? Well, not too bad. And I would resort, resort, resort back to my roots as a farm kid, coal mining kid. Uh, you know how to see the world, you know how to weather through things. In the military as well, you can kind of, the military trains you for these type of situations and crises. And that's just what's really phenomenal about this is that COVID's out there, but like anything else, people want to eat, they want clean food. And that's just it, if people ate better, ate healthier, then COVID, the flu, other diseases will have less of a del deleterious impact on their lifestyles, their health and everything. And so. That COVID is just another obstacle. It's going to be something. This year, it's COVID. Uh, next year, it's going to be something else. It could be high fuel prices or something that's really going to be uh, another kind of pandemic. But you really just have to navigate through it and keep uh, keep forging ahead. Fantastic. And um, any advice for others searching for a new role right now? Uh, get help. Yeah, don't try to do it yourself. Talk to your friends, your family. Yeah, I'm not going to be a... Um, a sound piece for Tasteman Global, but Steve, the gentleman I'm talking to you right now, has been a phenomenal mentor 
in this process as well. Again, it's not just looking for a new job. It's finding that next career transition and finding that next career that you really find exciting out there. But don't do it by yourself because it's going to be frustrating. It's stressful uh, from an emotional perspective, from a mental perspective, from a spiritual perspective. You do need to get this outside assistance and help wherever else it is. And don't feel like you have to do it by yourself. I've had thousand people and I made a 500 I made 500 new friends over the last several months and really trying to find out what industry to go into what not to go into really trying to redefine my role and you know what I could not do that by myself talking to myself you need to expand your network and um, again the biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask for help because people will help you because everybody's been in some type of a, a career shift a career change of some kind everybody's been in it so they know the situation you're facing and they and frankly people want to help well first off thank you for the kind words i might get that um printed out and put onto a badge <laughs> <laughs> but um no i think that's 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 great advice and i think that that's something that, that, that we see often and it's been a pleasure to, to kind of help you through this process as well and it's, i'm glad to see it pan out and, and you land in, in such an exciting opportunity um and I guess the, the final bit from, from me really is any advice on people starting roles remotely? Have yes. leaders who are kind of stepping into a, a, a team that's spread across the country and they're not able to get out and, and kind of meet the, uh, the senior part of their team, what advice would you give? I don't feel shy of reaching out. I mean, I, I've talked to the team over the last month or so. Uh, via Zoom and things. Yeah, I've been, I spend most of my time in Boston, but here I'm back at home in, in Illinois. Everybody's comfortable now using Zoom or Google Meet or Microsoft meetings or whatever else it is out there. So you're starting to see that type of, of normalcy and using these type of tools. Yeah, you can't beat the, uh, the water cooler conversations or the lunches that used to take place because then you get to really know somebody from a more personal perspective. But for those new folks getting into this space, yeah, set up your quiet space in your home or home office or wherever else it is. And you really have to keep yourself regimented. And I know before the COVID-19, people said you have to stand up in your office, right? Don't be sitting down all day. Make sure you get your exercise. Make sure you eat right. It's the same thing easy. I mean, the same thing here. When you're working from home, it's easy to sit behind a chair for 15 hours a day and not leave that chair except for a few bio breaks. But you have to really be disciplined in the things you do and talk to your friends and see what they're doing as well and counsel them and provide them uh, guidance as well because they're suffering probably just like you are because maybe you're not used to it. Yeah, I'm a little bit older, so I've, I've worked in, uh, in, you can call them prison cells in the middle of nowhere, so you're used to being in an isolated mode, right? So everybody else has to really not embrace it, but just navigate through it. It's change. And people don't most people don't like change but you know what there's there's a light at the end of this tunnel so just um i could be a, a military person and say just just uh, bear with it uh keep steaming ahead keep charging ahead don't lose sight in what you're doing your family your friends and your faith and, and you'll make it through this kind of a thing it's not it's not complicated nobody's shooting i tell the people in the office nobody's shooting at you trying to kill you uh, you'll be fine uh, unlike the military there's always somebody um if you're in that situation, there's always somebody out there that uh, wants to remove you from the planet. And that's when it gets a bit more complicated. But other than that, you're just fine. Fantastic. And again, thank you so much for, for your time, Greg. And thank you for, for joining me on Cultivating Conversation. 
I found it really insightful. I'm sure our, our listeners will have done as well. So um, thank you to everyone for listening. If you could rate, review and, and subscribe to this podcast, it would be brilliant. Plus, please do listen back to our previous co- podcasts because we've had some, some really insightful guests on there as well. So thank you all for your time. Thank you.